welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corcor Foundation for Mental Health. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist and life coach with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. Hello, Anita. Hi, Terry. On our podcast, we make no secret of the fact that we've got nothing but respect for our guests. It's so much easier to keep our non-shiny parts hidden away from the public eye. And depression, anxiety, and bipolar disorder are definitely not shiny. And they are too often judged and highly stigmatized. Yet, week after week, people from all parts of the world and all walks of life step up to the mic and share really personal aspects of their lives and mental health journeys for the explicit purpose of shining some light into listeners' darkness. And to let you know, you're not the only one experiencing the heavy emptiness of depression. That said... This week's guest is truly next level. J.J. Singleton is living on what's commonly called borrowed time, and he's using that time to try to make life a little better for others. It's inspiring to say the least. Here now is J.J. Singleton giving his voice to depression. I live uh, near Asheville, North Carolina. I'm 35 right now. I was diagnosed with colorectal cancer when I was 27 uh, and spread through my body, so I was considered incurable and terminal. Uh, Just did my 122nd round of chemo last week. And uh, in the last probably two years, I've uh, got through therapy and friends and family, got to a place where I'm able to speak about it and share my journey and everything I've went through. J.J. speaks out about colorectal cancer, his experience doing clinical trials, and... My big thing is mental health, because in my experience, men don't like to talk about it, and it's uh, a detriment and harmful and impacts people from all walks of life. So if I can help that in any way, that's kind of what keeps me going on the bad days. Wow. I, 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 that's a short intro to the last seven years. It sounds absolutely brutal. Yeah, it, it, it's been it's been rough, but we're we're still here and we're happy. I wasn't supposed to be here, so beating the odds every day. Wow. So how, how did this come to be, you and I together? Uh, on chemo weeks, I sit in the chair for a long time, and then there about for two days afterwards, I'm in that kind of spot where I don't feel good enough to pay attention to watch TV or movies or anything. So I was just searching podcasts and I found this one. I listened to it and I was loving like the message of, you know, talking about mental health, depression, everything that comes with that, because 
you know, I come from a family deep in the South and, you know, it's like we're taught as a man to push it down. You can handle it all yourself. Never really taught that, but never told it's okay to express it. Did you have depression before you had all these health problems or do you have depression, you think, as a result of having them all? I did not before. I was a, I don't even know if lucky is the right word, but I never experienced like depression, anxiety, never had any of like the bullying or anything in high school. I mean, I was a athlete, went on to play like college football. School was easy for me, so I never had to deal with any of that. And then cancer came. JJ's cancer came twice. That first thing, they were like, all right, surgery, 12 rounds of chemo, and then you should be good. And then it came back and it like rocked my world. And I didn't know how to process it, how to live. Uh, Every day I was worried about, all right, this treatment's not working. I'm not going to be able to see age 30. I'm going to die before I'm able to do so much. So that brought PTSD from all my surgeries and nights in the hospital, anxiety about everything from is the treatment working? Am I going to die? How is this impacting my family and friends? Because I know it's a burden on them. And then just depression of not wanting to get out of bed. Like there's times where, you know, I had the suicidal thoughts because I was like, I don't know if this life is worth fighting this hard if all I'm going to be doing is staying in bed 20 hours a day in pain. So you said earlier that you're fighting the odds and, and, and lucky and glad to be alive. I almost want to know how that's possible because having only depression, I know how many of us have that, like, I'm a burden. You use that word. Um, I don't want to get out of bed. Does life have any purpose? You have this whole huge pile of other, how in the midst of all of that are you feeling grateful to be alive? It has been a very long process. And I, I say this all the time, like, The process of doing from where I was, where I didn't want to get out of bed, I didn't want to live to where I am now, is very fluid. There's good days where I'm like, you know, speaking on it, doing good, and then the next day will be right back there. So I was like, you know, it's always in motion. But for me, it was coming to the realization that I'm not as strong as I thought I was, where I could shoulder all of this burden, the physical, the mental, and everything that was just weighing down on me constantly. JJ says it took a while for him to shift his mindset to recognize that reaching out for help carrying that massive load was a form of self-care and self-preservation. I was dead set against it at first because, you know, guys like people's going to see me not being able to handle the problems and burdens I'm facing by myself. And then I was, uh, it was late 2016. I just got out of the hospital for like a month's stay and I was laying in bed at night with a pump going that was feeding me. And I was just like, I don't want to be doing this the rest of my, I don't want to live like this. And that scared me to death. Like I woke up that next morning and I was terrified. And that's why I was like, I got to get help. Cause I was like, I do not want to put the burden of me taking my own life, all my family, all my friends, because I couldn't handle it. I was like, if I could talk to somebody and get through just that, then I could keep going. And has it helped? Yeah, it's helped so much. Like I'm probably one of the biggest proponents that around here that I know of for therapy, especially in society and life today. There's so many issues out there and it's like a bombardment 24 seven with everything. So I'm like, anytime you need, even if it's like 30 minute call with a therapist once a month, just to be able to talk and unburn yourself from it. 
is a huge escape, a huge weight off your shoulders. And it's, it's been instrumental in my life. What has your experience taught you that changed the way you thought about therapy? All I know about therapy is what I've seen in popular culture to where it was like a running joke where it was like, oh, he needs therapy. He's crazy. He's out of his mind. He can't handle this. And my experience is, no, therapy is just going to be able to talk to somebody that listens, that can help you find the answers that are inside of you because everybody is so different. Therapy is so individualized to the person. I needed somebody to listen and where I could get those thoughts in my head that scared me to death out into the open and somebody that could understand it. Cause I could say that to my parents or to my brothers or sisters or friends. And they would look at me because they're not used to that. They're not used to hearing things or trained right. to know what that means for me. So having somebody that can relate that way was everything to me. Just being able to say that loud, talk on it and understand that I'm not losing my mind thinking those thoughts. I should have said this at the beginning, and I didn't. But if I ask you a question you don't want to answer it, just say, oh, hell no. So I'm going to ask you a question following up on that. If you're willing to share, when you say to a therapist, I was laying in bed thinking I don't want to live like this, considering ending my life, what about having that conversation made it easier for you to stay? I mean, that was probably one of the hardest conversations I've ever had to admit that out loud, like instead of just in my head that I was having those thoughts, but I didn't think my life was worth there. And they let me know that that's not uncommon and it does not make me a pariah or different or weird or unique or anything because as everybody knows the physical tolls that cancer and chemo brings on it, but there's the mental side of it that so many people can't see that we're almost embarrassed to show people because they already see the physical tolls and they just let me know that this is normal. You're okay. And we can work through that and get me the help that I needed. And that was like the biggest comfort in the world to me to know that this wasn't something else that I was unique of. Cause I was like, my cancer was unique enough. I was going to specialists down to Duke and they were like, you were a special patient. I didn't want to be special in this aspect too. And you're right, we see the effects of chemo. Then we can look at someone and think, oh, you're really, you're really in it. You're having a hard time. Even, you know, as a mental health advocate, I'm not sure I've ever looked at somebody and thought, wow, I bet that's taken a toll on your mental health. Yeah, the physical part was horrible. But what was going on in my head was so much worse. It's what kept me in bed 22 hours a day for almost a year. In addition to therapy... J.J. says other powerful tools he has used to help manage his mental health are peer support and distraction. We realized that for me, because I'm like inside my own head, I was like living there and everything was just piling on top. I needed some form of an escape because it was cancer, death, everything 24-7 all the time. And for me, my escape where I first started found it was uh, watching Star Wars. It allowed me to leave this like world with cancer for 30, 45, an hour a day. And that just was enough to get me through to the next day to where I was able to build on that. And a lot of therapy, a lot of help, meeting really, really important friends that I've met that is in this same cancer and uh, traumatic experiences where I can like talk to them and they understand where I'm coming from. So it's been a long journey to get 
to the point to where I want to keep going and I want to help. So this extra time you have, these years you didn't expect to have and were in fact told you wouldn't have, the fact that you're choosing to spend at least some of it advocating for mental health is, I, I don't know what word to use. Is, I, I don't want to say impressive because I don't want to pass judgment on you, but I find it really touching. Yeah, uh, it it was just such a big part of my journey. Like It was such an obstacle to overcome there and still overcome every single day because I'm listed as a terminal, incurable patient, but my battle with mental health, depression, that's never ending either. That's just something that I have to go through every day. So I was like, if I'm going to advocate for the cancer part of this, I want to shine a light on the mental health too because for me, they're one and the same. Like I can't battle one without battling the other. Would it have helped you at all if going into it, someone had said, hey, listen, you know, this and this and this and this are likely to happen to your body. You also should be aware how it could affect your psyche. Yes, but I would like to see that just across the board with newly diagnosed cancer patients. How would it have helped you? It would have helped me so much just because and if I would have, you know, been aware of it, maybe it wouldn't have blindsided me so much to where I would have been already talking about it and kind of just aware is my big thing because it was I was completely unaware that yeah. this was going to be such an obstacle. When you reached out and said, I think I'd like to share my experience on your podcast, what were you hoping to communicate to somebody who's listening? I love how, you know, people can listen to that and realize that they're not alone in going through these experiences. So if I could share my story or, you know, experiences and it hits one person while they're laying in bed at night or in the car ride going through thinking they are all alone in these thoughts, that's everything I want to do with everything I'm doing right now in life. It don't have to be hundreds of people or all these people. If they can reach that one person, because that one person, like I was, I thought I was all alone. And then I realized I wasn't, and it can change somebody's life in an instant. Mm. You have an amazing spirit. (laughs) People see me now and they see this, but I want to make sure they're like, there was that time where this was not me. I would not be doing this. I wouldn't have ever reached out or talked about this at all. Half the time, not even to my therapist and stuff. So it's like that progression that you can go from the darkest places right there to where you're able to speak about it and, you know, share everything. Terry, I feel like with this topic of cancer plus depression, that this is a really important time to remind ourselves that we are mind-body connected beings. And so if something is affecting us mentally and emotionally, it's also likely going to have an impact on our physical health and abilities. And the reverse is also true, that something like cancer or many different illnesses are certainly going to have an impact on our mental health. And what I love is that his message really is, it's okay to talk about this. It's okay to share this, to accept it, and not just distract yourself from it and get help for it. That the physical, the mental health, it's all it's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Andy makes the point, it's not just that you can reach out, you can talk about it. It's that there are significant um, repercussions and costs to not doing it, to trying to keep it inside, because 
my sister Bridget always used to use the metaphor of the a balloon that you try to push underwater in the in a pool. You know, you can do it or a ball, um, but mm-hmm. when you let go, it's going to come up with because you can't hold it forever. You know, it's going to come up with more force than had you dealt with it in some other way. So, JJ's story mm-hmm. and spirit and just him his self needs to get out into the world because yeah. wow. I'm so glad he was willing to speak about this. It's just just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, JJ did ask us to link to manuptocancer.com. So we will. It is a site that is trying to change what man up means in the face of cancer. And the idea that we are stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. And I think in this context, we probably means men. Mm-hmm. So thank you, JJ. Deeply grateful that you reached out to us and uh, that sitting in a chair getting chemo made you even think of someone else. And thank you, Anita. Thanks, Terry. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression, or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen. 